This is Culture A Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is a show where we'll deep dive on the good and the bad with Middle East HR and talent experts on their challenges, strategies, and success stories to inspire your own journey. Listen in and get ready to unlock potential and drive results with Culture A. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today or watching, uh, however you prefer. Today on Culture A, I have a very interesting guest and someone who's actually a very, very dear friend of mine. Jumana Ode joins us to speak about a very interesting topic that I think a lot of people struggle with, and she has somehow mastered. To give you a little bit of background about uh, Jumana, Jumana is currently working with AWS, which is Amazon Web Services. She is based in the Middle East, in the UAE, has had exposure to the region from the start of time, pretty much like myself, and has about 16 years of experience under her belt in HR generalist roles, as well as recruitment, employee engagement, investigations, and the list kind of is quite long. Her exposure to the field of HR has come from both regional and global organizations. And as I said, she's picked up a very interesting skill that I think a lot of people struggle with, and that's the ability to balance being firm and being fair. And so I wanted to bring her on the show today to share her tips with our listeners so that she can help maybe some of you that wonder how to do it a little bit better. Jumana, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Sada. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. It's really nice to have you on. <laughs> okay, so let's let's jump into to the topic. Okay, obviously I have some questions lined up for you, and we've obviously connected on a personal level. I don't think we've ever sat and talked about these things, so let's get them out there for everyone to hear. I have seen myself your journey in HR really evolve over the years, and you know I've I've seen you work really really hard at the roles that you've had throughout your entire career, and your journey has really been inspiring because. Your resilience is, I mean, it's its unmatched, okay? So I wanted to know, can you share with our listeners how you strategically built your career and like the movement that you've had in the various roles that you've had? Okay, perfect. I, I wouldn't say strategically because, <laughs> you know, sometimes it wasn't so strategic. So just to be very upfront and that's my style, I'm kind of, you know, you know me, like I say it as it is. So it has, like my career journey has been driven by a few key principles, if I may uh, call it. First was basically, I've always been guided by a strong passion for the HR field and I am a people person. So I'm very passionate about people. And I think that what drove my passion into the HR field in the first place. This passion obviously has fueled me uh, and has fueled my continuous learning and growth out of actively sought opportunities that allowed me to expand my skills and take on new challenges. Some I was happy with and some I wasn't so happy about, but obviously this is how we learn. I think also networking has also played a significant role. I've built strong relationships, whether it was with my colleagues, my stakeholders, the business stakeholders that I work with, business leaders, they have also provided me with valuable insights and opened doors to new opportunities. And these obviously connections have given me guidance. I've had people that gave me advice throughout my career. Some of it, some of them are, are now work colleagues like once yourself and other work colleagues that I consider really they have influenced my, my journey quite extensively. And I'm really grateful about that. And finally, and I think this is key, 
I have been very open to change and very flexible and adaptable. I believe that taking calculated risks, sometimes not so calculated, and embracing change is essential for personal and professional growth. It's led me to explore diverse roles and industries, obviously each offering a set of, you know, unique perspective and skill set that I was able to acquire. So in general, I would say the main thing that has influenced my journey is being open and adaptable to change and taking it sometimes with a pinch of salt, but sometimes with a lot of excitement to get myself out of my comfort zone and move into the next step that sometimes I'm happy about and sometimes I'm not so happy about. But I think that's key. And this is mainly what has influenced my journey so far. Well, look, I was I was going to ask, okay, it's one of my questions, actually. I was going to ask how you, I mean, you said it yourself, there's sometimes moves that you make within an organization or from one organization to another that maybe you're not so thrilled about, okay? Sometimes these changes are kind of thrown at you. And it's hard to look at them positively sometimes, especially if maybe it's not a scope that you anticipated for yourself or whatever. Okay. You moving and shifting, you know, this kind of anyway presents its own set of challenges. Correct. But your approach to continuously adapt and excel in different departments and roles is something that I'm really interested in. I mean, you mentioned be really open, be really adaptable. How do you do it when you're not so happy about about maybe a change? <laughs> like, how do you keep yourself positive? Okay, I think you can change what you can change. But sometimes when you can't change it, you might as well just embrace it. So... I see new roles as an opportunity, obviously. I said it to learn and grow. And I start by, let's say, before judging the situation that I'm in, probably better to immerse myself in the responsibilities and the expectations of the role that I'm going to take. So this involves in studying or knowing more or learning about the roles and responsibilities. Does this role require me to acquire a specific knowledge? I need to know a bit more about team dynamics and the goals of the department. Obviously, it's crucial to acknowledge that there is always a learning curve. And this is the scary part. When you know that you don't have all the knowledge, you don't have all the expertise, this is when it becomes scary. But obviously, I, I would seek, actively seek or proactively seek resources, mentors, whatever learning I could get, trainings, anything that could build those uh, knowledge gaps. And again, I would go back to building strong relationships within the organization. So I do make an effort to connect with my colleagues. I do make an effort to connect with the team members, the business leaders. For me to understand what everyone does, what is their personal style, what are the expectations they have of me? Because from one leader that you're working with as a stakeholder to another, there's a completely different working style and there's clearly a very different set of expectations. So I, I try as much as I can to understand what are the expectations and absorb them and see how I can tweak and customize my working style to each of the people that I work with. This obviously doesn't only help me understand the culture and expectations to turn on you know, when I need guidance or advice. And I think in the past data, you and I, we've worked together, probably we were in different departments, but I remember like when I used to come to you and ask you questions about certain things and go to other colleagues and ask those questions because, you know, you could be a subject matter expert in one area that I have no idea about. And if I don't come and ask, I don't think I will ever get the answer. And there's obviously no right or wrong. You can always make mistakes. And I think it's absolutely fine. It's just having that, let's say, courage to put yourself in situations that you're not 100% sure about. And trust me, I know it, like, I know it could be something that people would, be, would not really embrace or take or, or love to do. 
But this is, those are the situations that we learn from the most. So after going into a new role or, you know, starting with a, with a new job that I might or might not like, I definitely actively seek feedback. And, you know, I do some things for a certain amount of time and then I would go back to my stakeholders, my manager, my colleagues. Am I doing the right thing? Is this what are you, what you are expecting from me? So constructive feedback obviously always helps to understand where you're excelling at, where are the areas of opportunities and seeking that proactively, seeking the feedback proactively would really help you address them and would really help you tweak your working style according to the people that you're working with. You know what, Jumana, I think there's something about you that's super strong and like you're talking about building strong relationships with people and a lot of people do that, okay? But yeah. they do it with the team that they're, they're currently in. And then once somebody moves out of that team, that relationship kind of goes with them. But you know, have a really good way of, of keeping these relationships. I've seen it myself. There's so many individuals who were working with you in the past, no longer working with you, and you still have a very strong bond with them. And I think that, you know, I was speaking to somebody on, on a different episode of the podcast that was saying my net worth is my network. And I think you really have a very strong network and a network of people that you can rely on, not just people that you know. So I think that's a really good way of like approaching your relationships at work when you need to know something, but also I think in the long term, you know, that some people yeah. aren't able to do. I agree. I agree. And then completely, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's more on the human level rather than on the you know, the professional level, because at the end of the day, we're human, we need to connect and we we thrive for that connection. And, you know, it, it makes us feel good. I consider myself an introvert. I know. Do you? Very weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> you should see me like sometimes I'm in meetings and I'm like, like the, the old lady in the back that is, you know, judging everyone. But no, really. So I feel that sometimes I'm, I'm more of an introvert. But with, when I get comfortable with someone, I get super comfortable, you know, sometimes too comfortable. Having that strong relationship really helps. And, you know, a lot of the people that I've encountered throughout my career, I call them friends right now. And they are, you know, part of my friends network uh, more than, than the professional network. That's amazing. There's something else about you. And this is the reason why I wanted to, this is the original reason I wanted to bring you on the podcast. But to be honest with you, I think you, you bring so much with you. I'm really happy that you're on it. You have the ability to be really firm and fair, like really direct in your communication. Sometimes you're delivering a, a very difficult message or a very hard message to deliver, but you do it in a way that leaves the, the person who's receiving that message feeling like it came from such a good place. I've experienced this with you, like from, on a personal level, I've experienced it with you where you're very direct and sometimes you're saying things that maybe, you know, that other people wouldn't just put out on the table, but, but you feel it really comes from a, a genuine place. It comes from a good place, a supportive place, you know, somewhere where like, I might not like what I hear, but I can always come back to for guidance. And I think that is a skill that so many people are not able to master. And you hear so much people talking about having constructive conversations with their direct reports or with their managers, you know, 360 feedback that's always implemented in organizations, but delivering the message. I think it's never trained on how you should. Sometimes you sandwich a message and that's great. But still, you're not able to deliver it with a genuine feeling behind it. And you're, you're really, really good at that. So I want to understand, like, how, how do you strike that balance? How do you ensure that your message is clear, but you, you leave the conversation with the other people, with the other person feeling respected and heard at the same time? First of all, thank you. And I'm, I'm super happy that you feel this way, you know, and I know we had, of course, you mentioned certain situations, but I know that sometimes, you know, I could be a little bit more direct than I should be. But again, I think it comes from the intention of being 
empathetic and how you want to deliver that message. So I think building and nurturing relationships is is definitely a fundamental uh, aspect of the approach, of my approach to, to, to work. But in the field of HR in general, I feel that people want to be heard. And mainly that's your job as an HR professional. You want people to come to you and speak to you and trust you to, to advise, to direct, to, you know, sometimes just to listen. And I prioritize active listening, which was, honestly speaking, an area of improvement. I remember the person who told me you need to start active to, to actively listen. And I remember the situation. So it was, let's say, an area of improvement in my career for quite some time. And after I started to actively listen to people, it, it meant that I need to give them my full attention, asking questions, asking clarifying questions and ensure that the person in front of me is feeling heard, is feeling valued. They think that whatever they're saying matters because I'm completely giving them my 100% undivided attention. This doesn't only foster a deeper understanding, but also build trust on so many levels. And again, empathy is key. And I genuinely believe it. And, you know, I, I could consider myself a nice person, not a nice person. And, you know, your perception is different than what how other people perceive you. And it doesn't matter in the, in the professional world what you are on a personal level doesn't really, you know, doesn't really impact the way that you are perceived professionally. However, I strive to put myself in the person in front of me, in their shoes, understanding their perspective, concerns, and needs. This helped me in a way tailor my communication and actions to be more supportive and empathetic. So if I am sitting with someone who has challenges with their performance, I need to show them that I understand and I need to listen to them and I need to hear the full story. It comes from the manager, it comes from the employee, but you need to be able to listen to both parties, address things as they are. Like the facts are the same. With reviewing data, the data doesn't lie. And when you put facts on the table, I think it makes things more easy to understand. It makes things more clean. And this is where we start to build consensus during the conversation. So let's say redirecting perspective from negative, also from negative to flexible and adaptable. Sometimes people during the conversation are super emotional. You need to let them be emotional. It's part of the understanding and commitment. So if they are in a way emotional, you need to calm them down. You need to listen. You need to let them vent. And then, you know, you would talk to the logic because while the person is emotional, they're not listening. Like their mind is not really actively listening to you. So you need to let them say whatever they want to say and then, you know, start talking facts. If you, you know, start to negate their emotions, they're going to get defensive and, you know, you will not be delivering the message or convey the message that you want to convey. And also, I think transparency is key. I believe in open and transparent communication. So you're going in the meeting, you're going to deliver one message. That message is clear to you. You might as well make it as clear to the person in front of you. So whether you're delivering good or bad news, honesty and clarity is essential. And when people understand that, when people do understand that this is part of your job, but how you say it is quite important and quite makes a difference to them. The more honest, the more empathetic you are, the more credible you become to the person in front of you. And that, you know, the credibility is built over time and trust is built over time, but it is, it starts somewhere. And this is one of the situations, you know, where I have, uh, I think, 
built that type of, of credibility with, with the employees. I think also consistency is vital when you're building trust. People need to know that they can rely on you. So you don't only represent the organization. You are the voice of the people and you should play both roles equally. And this is something that, you know, sometimes some HR professionals tend to be more on the organization side. And I completely understand. Sometimes you are put in places that you need to do things that you don't fully agree with. You commit to it, but you don't fully in agreement with. However, the way that you develop your approach and the way that you deliver your message is quite important to the person because the more understanding they feel you are, the more they will be receptive to the information coming from you and the more they will be accepting and the more they will be respectful because, you know, you are respecting them, you are being honest to them, you are giving them this directly and you are letting them express their emotions and you agree that their emotions is okay. After all of these, addressing all of these elements, I think the conversation naturally goes into consensus, into agreement, into commitment, sometimes not so much, but even if it doesn't, like even if the person in front of you remains emotional for some time, they come around and they need some time to absorb these emotions. Some people can, within an hour of conversation, can really, you know, be receptive to the news, but sometimes people need more time. And this is absolutely fine. And the fact that you understand that this is fine and you don't take anything against them is also key to make sure that, you know, you're doing the right thing or you're doing the job that you uh, have been hired to do. Recognizing and appreciating contributions uh, of others. You know, when, when someone is doing something or when you're, when you're delivering, let's say, a not so pleasant message or uh, you're discussing one challenge, at the same time, when there is a success and when there is a recognition, your role also as an HR professional is to help, you know, address these things, celebrate those successes, big or small, and foster a positive and motivating working environment. I hope, I, you know, I think it's weighed a little bit, but I hope I, I answered your question. No, no, you definitely, you definitely answered my question. I, I have like a couple of things to say to that. Number one, I don't think, I, I mean, whoever told you that active listening is a focus area for you, I, I think they're probably eating their words, <laughs> like, honestly. You've come so far past that. I think I really think that you, you've mastered it. So, I mean, it shows how you really take on feedback and, and learn from it. Also, you were speaking and I just felt like, you know, I was thinking in the back of my head, this sounds like I could take it and put it in a playbook, Jumana. Like there are so many people listening that can really take this advice. Like it's so valuable, some of the things that you've said, you know. So so thank you for that because it's you've been very, very open. Um, Thank you. We touched earlier on the fact that, you know, you've you've had changes in your roles and in organizations and, you know, school and so on. And I, I mentioned that you, you've, you've come out very resilient. It can be really hard to foster this resilience sometimes. OK, and I know that you kind of look at every opportunity as like a learning or something that is meant to come your way. Some people struggle with that. So like, what would you say is your your advice if you had to, to put it down in like a, one tip or a couple of tips that you would give to people starting off their career in HR, but also seasoned professionals on how to cultivate that resilience. Okay. I am like no expert, you know, I just talk out of experience and I don't want to, you know, to sound like I am giving the right advice for everyone because I'm going to say what worked for me. And I, I need everyone to understand that, you know, I am no one to, to say things that, you know, they need to do or they have to do. But again, this is coming from my own personal uh, experience. I think for seasoned 
professional, being one myself, I have seeked mentorship and advice throughout my career for the small and for the big. Whatever the situation is, uh, whatever the challenge I face, I always try to seek different perspectives. And this is coming from mentors, from managers, sometimes from business leaders. Sometimes you need someone who's completely objective that understands the, let's say, the landscape that you're working in. And you could tell them something. And the advice that comes out of them is very valuable because they're really looking from far. So seeking different perspectives, seeking mentorship, having a good network of people that you can rely on their advice is quite key. And this is something that definitely is is 100% needed. The other thing is probably you need to leverage your past experiences. Reflect on your career journey and the obstacles that you've overcome. Use these experiences to source of strength and wisdom when facing challenges. Remind yourself of the failures that you had and the successes that you had achieved. And obviously, this will give you the confidence to keep on, you know, thriving, keep on doing better. And, you know, reflecting, I think, is is, is key for, for you to understand what have you achieved so far, where you are in your career, and what do you need to do moving forward. So reflection is quite uh, important. And I would say to... Again, uh, let's say seasoned professionals that they need to stay open with experience and with titles. There comes a, a certain level of confidence. Okay, I would put it as confidence. With that, sometimes we become more resistant to change. And why we become more resistant to change, knowing that we now we know better, now we have more knowledge, now we're more powerful in in our careers. This could be a little bit limiting for further growth. So I would say remaining adaptable, remaining flexible, being open to change is quite key. Sometimes we think we're above that, we're, we're more strategic now, you know, the, the I can't do this silly job anymore. But in all honesty, going back and, and just embracing some of the, those changes when, when you can is quite important. So that's so for the uh, seasoned, yeah, that's for the seasoned professionals. Now, for newcomers, I would say learn, learn, learn. That's the most important thing. And how you learn and where you learn is absolutely, you know, not not important. The most important thing that you learn and that you seek mentorship early in your career. And this is an advice, honestly, I would, would have done anything to get when I was back, early back in my career. Honestly speaking, I think it would have just shifted the way uh, that I have navigated my career early on. So try to understand what is the field that you're really interested in, trying to look for for mentors in that field. And the mentors can provide guidance, share their experiences and offer valuable advice to navigating, you know, any, in our case, HR challenges. Build your network and seek uh, to earn trust because this is key. The more people trust you, the more they will be open to you the more they will be prone to support you in your journey. So try to build those uh, meaningful uh, relationships. And again, be open to change and flexibility. And I think at that level, in, uh, or when you're early in your career, please focus on the short-term goals rather on the long-term ga- uh, goals rather than the short-term gains. I know sometimes we're very fixated about compensation, about the package, about the name of the company. 
But trust me, I've had my fair share of, you know, moves, some so smart, some not so smart, but I can't say that I haven't learned from each and every one. So being open again and flexible to change and focusing on where I want to be in my career early on is is definitely going to influence the journey quite differently. You know, mentorship is a very, very important one. Okay, super important. Mentorship and coaching. And as you rightly said, for for all levels, it's something that you should consistently do. I remember myself when when I was really early on in, in my career, super, super early. I was very, very green. Somebody suggested that I get a mentor. And it's not that I was closed off to the idea. It was the first time it was suggested to me. But I remember I was like, yes, sure. In the meeting, I, you know, I nodded my head and I was like, yes, yes, I'll go ahead and find myself a mentor. But when I stepped away from the meeting, I was like, I don't know what I need mentorship on because I was so new. I had no clue. Like, what is it? Is it just what I'm supposed to do every day? Is it like a, a communication thing? Like, there's so many different, you know, reasons you can seek mentorship. And self-reflection is is one that will help you to identify. But if if you're in that situation, I mean, how do you identify what you need help with? And, how you know, how do you pinpoint like where to even start? Okay, so I think there's no right or wrong. And when you're very early on in your career, you're trying to figure out what are your interests or what are your interests and what are the topics that you're passionate about? Because basically you don't know, you you haven't done anything yet and you really don't know where to start. So speaking to multiple people, whether it's on, you know, whether it's be part of your personal network and talking to people about what they do, what does it mean? What are their responsibilities? Is it something that I would be interested in? What does it take for me to become you or your, you know, your, your, uh, or to go through your career journey? What are the things that I need to make? So the more you learn, the more you know, the more you will be able to select the areas of interest that you would be, uh, you know, focused about. So I think when when you're at that age, it's like, you know, choosing a major in university. <laughs> I remember Sarah, I chose my major and I, I majored in older languages. Okay. How fancy is that? So, uh, which was basically Spanish and English. And if you ask me now, why did I choose that? Like, it was, it was just a stupid reason. Like, my neighbors were, their mom was Spanish. They spoke Spanish. I wanted to speak Spanish. And I was like, and you know, no one stopped me. So I went ahead and I, and I did it. And, I, you know, it was just a silly thing. Like, I could have I just learned a language on the side along the way. It didn't have to be, you know, my, my, my major. However, the point is, so when, when you're at that level and when you are that young, the more questions that you ask, the, the better idea you will be able to shape your interest and you will understand what are, you know, I might be interested in that role. Let me go and explore it. Let me explore it. I will explore it. If I don't like it, let me move to the next, the next thing. So it's, there's, there's no harm in exploring. I think people could sometimes also get fixated that they don't want to do the wrong move. The wrong move is the move that will teach you more and teach you best. So go ahead and make that move, regardless if it's right or wrong, you will be able to figure it out. But putting yourself out there, and at that age, I feel that people have the energy, they have, you know, the willingness just to put themselves out there. So keep putting yourself out there. And there will be a point in your career that you would say, you know, I did right and that was the right thing for me. Or you know what, I think I should change and I know what I want. So um, I think this is uh, this is how it works. Again, I'm no expert. No, no, no. But yeah, it's, this is the point of the podcast for you to share your experiences, yeah. you know, and, and everyone yeah, that's yeah. been on so far, they bring so much value in their own way. You know, how the audience perceives it or digests it is up to them. But but still, I, I feel it's very, very valuable. 
Are you currently mentoring anyone? I am a mentor and a mentee. So I have a couple of people that I'm mentoring and I have more than, probably more than three or four mentors now. And recently, recently, and this is like, this is a funny story. I was on a call with, with someone and that person was super direct, super cutthroat. And, you know, I, I sometimes, and, and this is an area of development of myself, I, I sometimes struggle to be as direct as I can because I feel yeah, that, you know, there's a certain professional conduct that you need to maintain, but sometimes you just need to say the things the way that you say it and the way that they are or the way that it is. So I, I reached out to that, to that person and I immediately on the call told him, are you open for, for mentorship? I have, I think, a couple of areas where you can help me with, and I have the call on Monday. I'll keep you posted. No way. It's great. That's really yeah. good, actually. Just reach yeah. out and get it. You know, you never yeah. know who's... That's cool. Exactly. I like that. Exactly. That's really good yeah. advice. I'm going to wrap up our call because I think that you gave us so much insight to kind of what makes you tick and how you approach things. I could sit and talk to you for a very long time, but I'll take it off camera so we can enjoy a cup of coffee, <laughs> you know, while we're doing it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and wrap up. I wanted to thank you so much for coming on today. It was really, really nice to have you on the podcast. And everyone that's listening, I'm sure, probably felt like that flew by. They probably just digested everything that you said. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that, you know, in any way, big or small, I was able to, you know, resonate with, with any of the people that are going to listen to this podcast. And I hope, you know, that I hope that they take the positive and take what is what works for them. So thank you so much, Sarah. I was uh, really excited. I was super excited to the extent that I was nervous, but uh, I'm so happy to be here. I love it. No, thank you so much. And for anyone who's listening in, please like, subscribe, and stay tuned for the next episode. And if you have any feedback or any questions for myself or Jumana, you feel free to ping them over. We're always happy to kind of to start a good, healthy conversation. So thank you, everybody, for listening in. Thank you again, Jumana. And we'll, we'll catch you on the next episode.